to see little girls and little boys wearing WNBA jerseys is so awesome. I wasn't in a city where we had a WNBA team, but my mom actually coached a WNBA player. So I would follow her. I was aware of the league through Barbara Ferris. Barbara Ferris and the Detroit Shock were like my team growing up. Obviously, being from New Orleans, I didn't get to catch a lot of the games. But yeah. having that awareness of what the W was and that there was a place for women to be mm-hmm. able to make money in a sport and um, have this platform where, you know, you can be at the top of your game and be rewarded for it. And I think that the message that we want to send to young girls is that if you want to do it, all you have to do is work hard and dedicate yourself to it. And you can do it because people that look like them are doing it right now. And we Mm -hmm. want to be pioneers for the future generations to have more than what we have today. Hey, everybody, Hannah Donnelly here for another episode of On Her Mark WNBA edition. Today, I'm chatting with the hilarious and humble Teresa Plaisance. Teresa is a 2022 WNBA champion with the Aces. And this year, her 10th season in the league, she'll be with the Seattle Storm. Today, we talk about this transition and what she's looking forward to this season and also what she's looking forward to exploring in Seattle. We dive into her interests growing up and how she fell into basketball, how her mom, a college basketball coach, and the rest of her family have supported her throughout. She has an undeniable technical skill, but work ethic and sportsmanship are often highlighted first. So she shares where both of those came from. Plus, we learn about how the players in the league are making sure to make their mark on history off the court. And to wrap things up, Teresa lets us in on a secret talent that will likely leave you envious. This one will make you smile. So sit back and enjoy my chat with Teresa. All right, Teresa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. You're one week one week into to time in Seattle. How's it going so far? How are you feeling? So far, so great. Um, Seattle has had really beautiful weather all week. We've been like around 70s, breezy and sunny, um, meeting everybody, some for the first time, some people we've known through like passing, but yeah. everybody has really great energy here. Everybody's been so nice. And it's um, I'm very excited to get my feet wet in Seattle. And so, you know, last year, you guys are you're coming off a big year. Uh a, a championship title with the aces. Uh, what, what was that feeling like for you? That was honestly one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Last year, we had a really incredible team, really tight knit team. And, you know, that championship was really the cherry on top. Um, we had an amazing season, uh, a lot of, a lot of great laughs, um, a lot of really great basketball and to finish with a ring was absolutely incredible. Um, I think my biggest takeaway from the championship was just having my family there mm-hmm. to be able to see me in that moment, um, knowing like everything that they put into my career up until then. And mm-hmm. especially in my youth, uh, my parents getting me back and forth. So from one practice to another, letting me try pretty much any sport, any extracurricular activity I wanted and for me to choose basketball and to win at the highest level and to see their face in that moment was absolutely incredible. 
I love that you brought in family so early because I know family has been such a huge part of this journey. Your mom was a basketball coach, your, your brother and your parents supported you, your grandparents. So did you, your, I mean, obviously your mom was coaching basketball, but did you feel pressure to, to play or did like, how did you find basketball? Because you're tall. <laughs> yeah. I, that just so happened to happen like later on in my life. In really? Grade, crazy growth. Spur- I was always like one of the tallest in my class, but there was always like quite a few people. I'd say like five or six people taller than me. Okay. So I wasn't necessarily like the tallest until eighth grade. That's when I shot up and I was like about six, two, six, three in eighth grade and then grew to be about six, five. So that was just in the cards for me. As far as like feeling pressure to play basketball, I think my mom always wanted me to play basketball, but um, they, my parents allowed me to just do whatever I wanted. My dad was my football coach. My mom obviously taught me everything that I know about basketball. Um, but I also was in pottery, choir, bell choir, soccer, football, softball. I essentially did everything and it just so happened to naturally gravitate um, to basketball. I actually was a dual sport uh, player in, in high school. I played volleyball. I was recruited to play volleyball and I just like chose basketball. It was just my, my passion and uh, it just so happened to work out. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick on basketball, but I need to know if you still can um, play the bells because that's like one of a very unique talent. And do you still sing? Um, I still sing not very well. Okay. Um, That's okay. Would argue that I sing too often, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, and as far as the bell choir, my bells were C and D, which I don't know if you know much about bell choir, but I was using my bells frequently. Um, I had, they were also like the heavier bells. They only gave her to like the larger students. Mm -hmm. So I was, um, had the bigger bells um, in my hands. And I do remember my technique, but I haven't picked up a bell since. Well, this might be the year. This might be the invitation, Teresa, to well, pick up the bells. Bell choir. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you so you were recruited for both basketball and volleyball in, in high school and you chose LSU. I'm sure you had several great offers, but what was it about LSU that said, this is where I need to be? Uh, growing up in New Orleans, all you hear about was like the Lady Tigers, the Lady Tigers, you, you know, the Simone Augustuses, the mm-hmm. Sylvia Fowles, all the greats that come through the program. And being from New Orleans, I wanted to be a part of that winning tradition. Um, and so that was a big piece of the reason I went there. And the other piece was my family. Mm-hmm. I was close enough to home for my parents to make almost every game. My grandpa um, he has since passed, but he made every single one of my games in college. He drove an hour and a half every game to and from LSU. And he was in the stands, whether I like played or didn't, he was, um, he was everything to me. So it was, it was a really cool moment to be able to share that with my family and, mm-hmm. you know, be able to be so close to home for them to, you know, have a piece of my college career as well. I love that. That's so, that's incredibly special. Not many people have that experience and to know how, how much it matters to you also, I think it um, says a lot. And then from LSU, you go on to the W and we know how hard it is to make it to the W, but then to stay in the W yeah. and Teresa, you've been here for, this is your 10th 
season. What's your secret? What's the secret? How have you been able to stay competitive and to be impactful? It's not like you've been in the league floating. You're, you're doing shit. (laughs) I am, you know, it's actually really funny. So when I was initially drafted, I was like the 27th pick. I was a really late rounder and we all know how that goes for a lot of third round picks. So when I showed up, I didn't even unpack my bags. I read that and that is crazy to me. You need to tell me more about this. I just, I, I knew I was going to work hard. I knew, but everybody was just saying like third round this third round that. So like, there was a part of me that was like, okay, like don't get like too confident here. Just like work your butt off, do whatever it takes, be the first one in the gym and the last one to leave and just like show how much you want to be here um and Fred Williams gave me an opportunity in my rookie year I didn't play much but he gave me an opportunity to grow under some really great veterans and to have some experience in the W um and I honestly for every training camp up until my first guaranteed contract I didn't unpack my bags so I just thought you know it was almost too good to be true that I was showing up again for a training camp but wow. you know I think that what it takes is not necessarily like what you do because who I am overseas on that team or those teams as a go-to player versus my role in the W are like two very different things. But, um, you know, I'm a team player. I like to do what my team needs me to do. And me filling that role, I feel like has kept me in the league a lot longer than if I were to come in with my own agenda, doing what I would necessarily want to do like I do on my overseas team. So it's just like a different look. And like, I think the keys to me sticking around were just like my work ethic, just being a good teammate. One of my veterans, my, my rookie year was telling me just always like, keep your value. Your value isn't necessarily like in points or statistics. Your value could be in like being a good teammate, making people feel good about themselves, doing all the right things, being professional, all these things really add up. And I think it's the little things that's what separates um, you know, me from sticking on a team to not, and I kind of contribute that to just like having great veteran leadership, young, having my mom teach me basketball and, and understanding the game the way that I do, um, as well as just like how hard I work and, and the skill set that I have just being, being able to be six, five and versatile doesn't, um, doesn't hurt to have, um, it helps a little bit. So I think all those things contribute to why I'm still here 10 years later. So, so many things that I want to dive into that you just said, but one thing is the humility that you bring. Um, You are an incredibly talented player, but your work ethic and your, your sportsmanship is often what people comment on first. And I think that speaks volumes to, to who you are. So where did you develop that? At what point in your, was it high school or college? Did you recognize that like to your, to the vet's point, right? That that was your value. Your value was, was bringing out the best in others, but by doing that, you're great. (laughs) I think that, you know, when I was a kid, my parents always called me their flower child. I was always like very like open. I always wanted to be very inclusive of everybody. Like uh, what have you. And I also was bullied a little bit as a kid and just like knowing what it feels like to not be a part of something or just being left out of something like didn't feel very good. So I always grew up with the understanding that like 
you want to treat people the way that you would want to be treated. So I've always tried to live by that and just treat everybody with respect and, and just like have a good time. Cause at the end of the day, like our job is to play a child's game. We play a game of basketball for a living. And that's like such a small piece of like what our platform allows us to do. Um, you can tap into community. You can tap into meeting people from across the globe that you've never would have run into without this simple game. Um, mm -hmm. And just like different things that basketball has allowed me to do, travel the world and do all these. You just you're very grateful for the experience that you have due to this one basketball. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think that to that, the one of the best things about basketball is the relationship piece. Mm -hmm. We get to meet people in the W from also across the world, mm -hmm. different parts of the world. We all learn this game very differently from different people, yet mm -hmm. we can all come together collectively for one common goal is to win basketball games. So um, it's just always really fun to be able to uh, just meet new people and see how they view the world and mm -hmm. how we all got here. So where has been the the most unexpected place or person that you have gotten to go or meet um in this experience for you um that's a tough question because i've i've done so many really really cool things um i think one of the coolest places i've ever been was china mm -hmm. um china was a place where they love sport they love women's sport we would have like nine thousand people on a on a slow day at our games and we were one of the worst teams in the league if i'm being quite honest with you and we had people show up and support every single game in the masses so china was such a great place because they really appreciate the women's game they they pour their love and support into the team and also the country is just so rich in history. They have so many different things um, that you can see, that you can like try. Um, and the people are so sweet there. But my most my most favorite thing about China was visiting the Great Wall. It was one of mm -hmm. the craziest, breathtaking experiences I've ever seen. Um, and, you know, back to what I had said previously, without basketball, I never would have been able to to see that. So um, I'd say China is probably one of the best places I've ever been. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so 10 years in the league, having all of these experiences coming, coming into it, kind of not knowing what the future of it looked like for you. How have you seen, or have you seen the league change in, in the 10 years? I have, I think the league, I think we're on the right track where the league was when I first came in versus where we are today is leaps and bounds mm -hmm. further along than where we started. And even, you know, years before that, like we've, you know, slowly progressed. And I think that's what we're trying to do here is like right now is a time for women right now is a time where we have women empowerment and you have LBGT uh, Q plus rights. And you have all these things that, you know, as a W you're like very inclusive and you're a part of all these different communities. So being able to be a part of a league that wants to grow, that wants to expand, that wants to create more opportunity for women is, um, is really, really cool. Um, and I think that, you know, with the things to come, like, I think we have really, I think the future of the W is very, very bright. 
I think we can get to a place where the W is going to be, you know, in the headlines is where you wake up and you watch first take or you watch sports center. And they're talking about, you know, the Seattle storm doing this and Asia Wilson doing this and John Paul Jones doing this. Like that's when we're really going to uh, move to the next level is when like outsiders, you see NBA guys doing it. But when you see outsiders really tapping into the W and speaking on games on a daily basis and, and keeping the W in the headlines and, you know, pushing forward uh, the women that, you know, make this league special. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree with you more a hundred percent. And what we're, we need to kind of keep, like keep the, uh, keep the flame going. Cause it's, it's headed that direction and it just needs to keep going. But you also mentioned something there that I think is, is really unique about the W and the platform that you guys have and you use to speak out on social justice issues. Um, looking during in the, in the bubble, right. Talking about black lives matter, LGBTQ plus issues, um, BG last year, all of these things, I think some, sometimes you see leagues shy away from talking about them. And when you look at the players, um, is that like, talk to me about how you guys kind of come together on that. Is that a collective thing? Do you talk about it before you come out and say it? Is it just, do you feel the support and say, I'm going to go out and say, speak my truth and my, my beliefs. I think that, you know, being part of a league that is so inclusive and is so, um, genuine in their feels about wanting society to just be a better place that mm-hmm. I think it's just a common feeling that we naturally just have. I don't, yeah. there's been conversations in these moments to, on how we go about how we feel, but in terms of like what needs to be done, everybody has a, uh, a common theme, a common mm-hmm. thought of, what needs to be done. And I think one of the biggest things, like you said, was the social justice issues that we were trying to tackle in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Obviously we're a league of 85% black women. So, and black women are one of the most marginalized groups in America. So this is something that, you know, firsthand, secondhand impacts the people in our league. And it's something that needs to change. So us being able to, stand on our platform and speak our truth about just equality and everyone being able to have the same rights as the next person is extremely important to us. And I think one of the most important things that the W has done was change the, the Senate race with Kelly Warnock. I mean, uh, with forget her with Reverend Warnock winning that race. Um, And us uh, just backing him and wearing his T-shirts in the bubble because, you know, there's a lot of people that say the WNBA doesn't matter. Nobody watches, but it's kind of crazy how, you know, Reverend Warnock uh, got in contact with us. We had a Zoom call with him. You know, we all agreed that we need to be supporting him and pushing him forward. So Mm -hmm. somebody came up with the idea of like wearing T-shirts. Right. And these simple T-shirts. When we met him, he had about like 300 to 500 Instagram followers. And then he blew up because he had just a really great guy with great ideas. And we thought that he would be able to shape society the way that we also viewed it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was just something that we could do is something as simple as wearing a T-shirt that made an impact 
on our country in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's all we're really trying to do in the W is just create, you know, equality and inclusivity for everybody. And I think, like you said, there are people saying no one's watching W and it's like, well, then how is that possible? (laughs) People are watching, people are paying attention. So exactly. Yeah. Look back, look back. (laughs) That's a, that's a prime example that people were paying attention. So Mm -hmm. it's really, it's really nice to be able to like have our hand in history when it comes to, you know, social justice issues and, you know, being progressive and moving our country forward in a, in a positive direction. And so that kind of goes, goes along with bringing up this next generation of, of athletes and giving them opportunities. And I think you guys are doing that. And so when you look at your childhood and then you look at what you want it to look like, um, how do those compare and what needs to happen to kind of change, um, change opportunity? You know, growing up, I felt like we were just in a much simpler society and also, you were in a place where, you know, the worst thing that you had on your plate was your homework. Yeah. So being able to like play basketball, it wasn't really an escape. As you get older, you find yourself like wanting basketball and using it as like a way to detach yourself from like what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that like where we are today is, you know, not where we want to be is not where we need to be. But I think that we are putting people in the right positions Mm -hmm. to make the decisions that need to be made for us to, you know, push along women, grow salary, grow opportunity, have people that look like us um, be in, you know, top roles that they, that people have to answer to women and things like that. So I think that, um, you know, we're all, pushing for something. And I think the Mm -hmm. world is finally catching on to like, women are cool. Women are able to do more than, than guys, just because guys are built a certain way and are maybe like physically superior. There's a lot that women bring to the table and Mm -hmm. statistics show that, you know, we got it up here. (laughs) It's just really awesome to be a part of something that like, uh, is like I said, very inclusive and in yeah. that just like wants women to be successful. And I love that you had the example of your mom growing up as just like this, like badass woman mm-hmm. do, doing it. Um, I love that when you see young girls at your games, what is it like, does it sink in that you're a role model for these, for these young girls and boys? I mean, boys, young boys yeah. come to your game and they're like, these, these chicks are good. <laughs> it's, really, it's really cool to be able to see the the younger generations strive to uh, to be somebody like us one day. Mm-hmm. Representation is key. And to see little girls and little boys wearing WNBA jerseys is so awesome. I wasn't in a city where we had a WNBA team, but my mom mm-hmm. actually coached a WNBA player. So I would follow her. I was aware of the league through Barbara Ferris. Barbara Ferris and the Detroit Shock were like my team growing up. Obviously, being from New Orleans, I didn't get to catch a lot of the games, but yeah. having that awareness of what the W was and that there was a place for women to mm-hmm. be able to make money in a sport and um, have this platform where, you know, you can be at the top of your game and be rewarded for it. And I think that the message that we want to send to young girls is that if you want to do it, all you have to do is work hard and dedicate yourself to it and you can do it because people that look like them are doing it right now. And we mm-hmm. want to be pioneers for the future generations to have more than what we have today. 
they just got to take a fraction of your work ethic to get to get somewhere close because you've you've got it. So you've been in Seattle now a week. I want to bring it back to to where we are now. Um, what are you have you like gotten to explore? What are you most looking forward to outside of basketball in Seattle this year? I'm really looking forward to like diving into the community. Mm-hmm. Um, have, uh, Seattle has a lot of really great um, uh, community work. Uh, pieces that are in motion mm-hmm. and this is a really awesome sports uh city they yeah. love sports they love the storm they love everything about it so being able to be in seattle and just diving into different communities trying different foods there's so many different uh cuisines here mm-hmm. and not like the americanized version of whatever we want that cuisine to be like real authentic foods here i'm a foodie so i would really love to explore the food world out here i'd really like to tap into um kind of the outdoorsy side i don't really Mm -hmm. do bugs but i really want to push myself to like get out and do a little bit there's like orca watching there's like everything in seattle that you can dream of and i'm just looking to just indulge in what is seattle also some really great coffee up here very good coffee very good coffee. Um, so what will success look like for you this year? A new team. I know that can take some time, right. To, to find your role, which is something that you, you talked about. Um, so what personally will success look like for you? I just want to be the best I can for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, we're obviously in a rebuilding stage yep. and everybody is coming in not knowing what their role is going to look like. And I think that what you have here in Seattle is a group of women that collectively uh, feel as though we can win as a team. Mm -hmm. There's no one person that's going to like do something crazy. I think that you have a bunch of people here that are going to be willing teammates that are going to be willing to play together and make the person next to them better. And I I'm very excited to see what that looks like. Um, We haven't been able to get on court as a group, but it's also, you know, really exciting to know what my role here is going to be, what that role looks like personally. But as far as the team, I know that uh, the women here are really awesome. We have a lot of really funny, kind-hearted people and just a bunch of hard workers. So don't sleep on the storm. And you you mentioned that, was it your teammates might say you sing too much? Yeah, they don't know that yet, though. Oh, they don't know that. Okay, well, I was gonna, what is your go-to song right now? Like, what are they going to hear you singing um i really like a lot of like rap and hip-hop but if i were to sing it would probably be like 90s grunge music or like oh, maybe some britney spears i love britney and instinct like those are my two growing up that i was just kind of like diehards for in sync over backstreet boys huh yeah for sure not to undervalue the backstreet boys are really great as well but just like in sync really like takes the cake for me even even JT with his frosted tips that that was even frosted tip JT um the the guy with the red hair Chris I think his name was awesome yeah Lance Bass was my favorite though he was oh, I had mm. a bobblehead a Lance Bass bobblehead do you still yeah. have it I don't know I think Katrina might have gotten that one mm. but I hope I hope it's somewhere yeah yeah and I yeah. hope that if somebody did find it and the mess that was Katrina that they've 
that they love it the same way that I did. That it was like the diamond in the rough, you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I love that. All right, uh, two more questions for you. There, If there's one thing that people don't know about you, basketball related or not basketball re- related, that you think they need to know, what is it? I have retail quality folding skills. Did you work retail or is this just a, a skill that you... It's just a skill. My dad was a great folder. Okay. And I like just kind of watched him growing up, um, how to fold. When I went to college, I learned that like I have a torso of an ironing board. So I'm kind of at an advantage to be able to fold on my chest. Okay. Um, And I'm going to have to show you one day. I have excellent folding quality. That's a really important thing. Now, the most important question though, can you fold a fitted sheet? No. Okay. So I've been watching some YouTubes on how to do it, but that really gets me like, it never looks as good as they make it seem in the little, the, the little, little YouTube videos. I do think that you have an advantage though, because you have a good wingspan. I do. I'm five, four on a good day. And so I, I struggle yeah. with the, maybe you should just stick to bath towels. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm great at wings. bath towels. Okay, but, there we go. But the, that's okay. So those are the two things you're going to show at the end of the season. You're going to show me your folding skills and you're going to work on a fitted sheet. If I master the fitted sheet, I'm going to call you first. Great. Great. I get, I get dibs on that exclusive. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you the insider tips if I do figure it out. But until then, um, I'm just going to have to study it hard. <laughs> great. Great. Um, and final question for you. I ask everyone on days that are tough practices, life, anything, do you have a mantra that you lean on to get you through? Mm, laughing makes the day go by a lot faster. Um, I just really like having a good time. I like cutting up with my friends and with my teammates. I like cracking really corny jokes all the time. Um, so just smiling Mm -hmm. and having a good time really helps you take your mind off of the struggle and, you know, the hard days when your body's achy, you can still like laugh, even if you're sore, like it's still somewhat of a core workout to laugh, but like, it's, it's a really good time. So I'd say like laughing and joking is probably my way through, you know, the hard days. Well, you have a contagious and positive energy, so I can, I can see how that works. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to chat best of luck this season. And uh, most importantly, good luck with the fitted sheet. Thank you so very much. (laughs) I can't wait to give you some feedback on that. Teresa will kick off the season against her former team, the Las Vegas Aces, on Saturday, May 20th. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember, you can listen to more player conversations right here on the podcast platform or go online and watch them on the NBC Sports Boston YouTube page. That does it for me. I'll catch you guys next time.